Beef and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and in the house and I'm in the house board. I'm born in the house and I'm in the house board. Born in the house and I'm in the house board and I'm bored in the motherfucking house and I'm bored. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. Yeah, that's where we are. That's what I'm going to open with. Oh, no, that's going to be like, that's the Jordan Peele version when he makes his document, like when he makes his uh, movie about the quarantine. That's his slowed down version of the Board in the House song. Wow. You know, you always have to do like the minor version of the song for the trailer. That's it. That is the greatest compliment I've ever been paid in my entire life. I'm Hal is War, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Flirty Deeds, Danielle Radford. That's fair. Okay, That's I'll take that. That's, That's a good, good one. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. Choose your writer, Lindsay Kelk. Oh, that's me. That's better. That's good. That's That's better. That's That's a really good one. And our returning best friend, MF Zoom, Mike Eagle. Hey, hey, I like that. That's good. That's that's three three home runs right there. Oh, it's so nice. The 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 home is finally full again. We're all here together. It feels good. It feels like Thanksgiving, man. It's this is great. Yeah. (laughs) But without the bitter resentment that we're all just talking about. On the way to the bathroom. Zero racist <laughs> uncles. Yeah, no one has to go hide to smoke their weed. We can just do it here if we want to. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up, man? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, day to day, man. You know, I'm surviving. Things are intact. So nothing to complain about, really, except not being able to go anywhere. <laughs> okay. That's good. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> now, as far as wrestling goes, have your habits, uh, your viewing habits changed? Are you watching any of these empty arena shows? I hate them so much. <laughs> so <laughs> much. It's fair. I re- you know, like, it really absolutely, like, ruins my suspension of disbelief because all I can focus on is, like, how scripted everything is or mm-hmm. like how problematic the humans are in the ring. Oh, boy. You know, like, it's just, there's, there, it just takes away it strips away everything and you just have like you know a guy waiting to get 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 a chop i don't know it's weird like i i need i need the the missing character that is the audience like because a big part of me watching is seeing what people are reacting to right like what's working and what's not working like because you know we're so deep in the business and we know all the ins and outs like that's the one part that you can't like read on the website is how a particular spot or a particular entrance actually made people feel in the arena. And um, it's it's hard for me not to think that when everything goes back to normal, that they're never going to show any of this. Like they're not going to put no. this stuff oh, yeah. in video packages. That's you know, going to so. be one of those like the crazy time. Do you guys remember how crazy it was when all your grandparents was dying and we were still having shows? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what's Look, that's- Danielle, the roar after mania is when everyone boos for the people they usually cheer for. <laughs> and Corona time is when it just all went to shit. And they are now going to be the two rules that are fundamentally 
always applied to WWE, even though they are untrue. <laughs> like, that's all you're going to need to know. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy to think that the next time they put out a best of WrestleMania playlist, there will be one WrestleMania, for, usually like every WrestleMania, even the worst ones, there's like one good match you can pull out of it to put in a compilation. And there are decent matches in this one, but they don't want to show zero. Like here, here we are in our performance center in NXT. You want to watch Edge and Randy Orton jump around the weight room? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna show uh, the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, oh just yeah, so they can you be will like, see oh, that. Oh look, we did art, and then that's it. That's all. You'll see it until you no longer want to see it, because this is wrestling. So they will keep showing it to you yeah. until you never want to see it again. Yeah. AEW is putting out a greatest hits of their women's division, but it's only on Viewmaster. Zing! You burnt. Wow. You burnt. Wow. Roasted. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Oh, on fire. And Lindsay, that doesn't let you off the hook for our segment later. Oh, thank God. In fact, thank God. Mike, you haven't been here for a while, and we're, we need to talk about AEW a little bit. There's a recurring segment where Lindsay recaps everything that happened in the women's division each week. Oh, no. Lindsay? <laughs> Take it away. What happened this oh, week right in now? the AEW oh women's division? Oh, I'm get, so get back, frightened. Get back into the deep end, baby. Oh, yeah. This week, there was one no. match. Oh, wow. One match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to mix it up. Um, but to mix it up as well as a match this week, we also got a video package, mm-hmm. which was very exciting to remind you that they actually have some women. <laughs> Um, because they haven't wrestled for two weeks. There was no women's match for two weeks. There was no women's match for two weeks. Mm-hmm. For two weeks. It's been it's yeah, been a fucking desert, man. It has it's been a, it's a bad place full of bad nice people. Um it's it yeah, it's so hard. Uh, so a lot of people because we didn't really talk about I wasn't here last week and then we didn't talk about it the week before because we had Colt on. They had women there. There were women ringside, yeah. but they just didn't wrestle did they get a lot, did they get a lot of shit for it did they have to say anything publicly did they give a reason oh, they did, they no no because if you mention it the aw fans on the internet turns out so mad are like even worse than wwe fans and they will murder you wow. so huh. you're not allowed to mention it um Where? their reasoning was that all of this was pre-taped um, and that they'd already had reason. all those women wrestle. Wait, but that wasn't true. Do women true. not exist in the past? I'm sorry. Right. I feel like no. I existed a month ago, but I could be wrong. No, no, you didn't. And especially if you were in the room at the time with all the other men's that were wrestling, yeah. it doesn't matter. You, you, no. The Is thing, it like a Thanos snap where it's like all of us just disappeared for like the exact yeah. point in time when they were pre-taping and I missed it? What you couldn't see was the invisible barrier between the women and the oh, ring where okay. they couldn't get over the barrier. They were like, oh, I, I'm trying. They're like but vampires, they, they though. You have to yes. invite them in, and it turns out AEW That's is just exactly never going to invite them into the ring. But every woman at AEW is a vampire that needs to be invited in the ring. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't there's only room done for that two as a gimmick week. yet. I'm really shocked that that hasn't come to pass. <laughs> it's frustrating. But they, they did a nice package saying, look, at these are four women that work here. Check them out. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. Are we going to talk about the brandle of it all? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, first of all, we should point out that this week's AEW was pre-taped in 1911. And <laughs> uh, we got we had a furthering of the storyline between Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes, who are on a collision course at Double or Nothing for the TNT Championship. Because, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> what they needed was another men's belt. What they needed was another men's belt. And uh, Jake the Snake Roberts flaunting the the need for PPE in in this modern era 
wore a mask, and then halfway through just pulled it down and started laughing. So he's that guy at Ralph's. And yeah. <laughs> and then then what happened, Lindsay? I feel like we can't really wrap up what happened in the women's division without yeah, discussing. You're gonna, uh... She was ringside with QT Marshall because she accompanies that tag team, the New Nightmares, to the ring for lols. And obviously Jake was with Lance. And as the match was over, Britt Baker, for reasons best known to Britt Baker, lays Brandy out. I'm assuming this is because they didn't want a man to hit Brandy. So Brandy is laid out at the side of the ring. They pick her up, bring her into the ring. And then Jake comes to the ring with a snakey snake snake. He's got a big old snake, which is fun. Yeah, it's like it was an adorable snake. It was actually a very cute snake. They kept showing its little face, and it was like, oh, cute little noodle. Yeah, and then Jake put his snake on Brandy. He's had a variety of snakes. This is the is another one, but you got He's not doing this. No, no, no. oh God, that went away in the nineties. This is his response to what Brandy said, I guess. Oh my Lord. Oh, and Jake, oh, look at this. Just getting in the face. This is of maniacal. Which I'm like, okay, I don't love that symbolism in 2020, but it, that's his thing that he does. That's a thing he does. And I've, I gave up on w, uh, AEW, um, WWE, but I gave up on AEW being the thing they said it was mm. months ago. They I said will... it was woke. They said it was progressive. Mm. They said it was for everyone. It's not. It's just WCW from like a long time ago, but with new people. Some in, new people. in defense of that segment, it wasn't my favorite either. But it was also, they're, they're going back to something and it is a bad habit that AEW has where they're referencing something without giving you context for it and that people might yeah. not know. So Brandy's whole thing was that when she first started wrestling and when she wrestled, her gimmick was Eve as in Eve, Garden of Eden Eve. And so when she goes into her gear, her gear is all snakes and shit like that is her thing. And so yeah. I get it on that level. It does still seem like he's rubbing her yeah, with a snake and it's a I little weird. I think on a much, I don't even think they thought that deeply about See, it. See, I, I think they thought. Because I'm like, my first I know, because like, oh, you're nice. Because you want this for her. Like you want that to be the reason. And then he got into a weird plank position over her prone Look, body. Been, no, he, he mounted been her. He mounted her. He's been I'm calling it plank because yeah, he's been weird. DDPing. I like that, yeah. And I was actually quite impressed that he held the plank for as well as he did. And he did it on his fists, which is like a fucking flex. It really hurts. I mean, Every I go detail to the gym. that you give to this makes my mental image get like stranger and stranger. Yeah. Oh, oh you mean when the be. old white man mounted the black lady laid on the ground? On his fist her, with a snake. On his fist yeah. whilst rubbing her with a snake. Yeah, no. And it went on for like three minutes. No way. If I can fill in some of the imagery for you, Mike. There's more? Jake Roberts. <laughs> oh. um, Jake Roberts was dressed like the bad guy on an episode of Renegade. Oh yeah, I've seen his. I've seen his get up. Yeah, I've seen his get up. yeah, yeah. I, so um, my 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 hope is is that they do go back and say like, hey, it wasn't just because you know we're horned up and snakes on girls, and that it is going back to the fact that she was Eve, and that maybe this was like the snake was a temptation, and she's gonna hang wow. out with Jake the Snake now because no, he, I love you, Danielle. Boy, Danielle. But, but I think this just goes back 
This just goes back to when he used to put snakes on ladies. I just oh think it God. goes back further. With the way you're talking right now, Danielle, I'm expecting to see you on the program next week. Or you're like, maybe it's this. <laughs> I, think they're, I think we're being too hard on AEW. You How should dare give you, them. Sam it's Roberts? It's literally just because that one connection, and I was so like, okay, this is an Eve thing. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing that AEW you're being, thing. You're being the Sam Roberts of oh, AEW. I, I won't stand well, for it. Also, Although well, I'd like you to take I that have money. nothing but time to analyze shit that shouldn't be analyzed. What the fuck else am I doing? So of course I was immediately like, ooh, they're hearkening back to her old work and biblical myth and her old gear. Give me this. No, he's rubbing his dick on Look, that his dick on if, you're, yeah. if you're going to show me a movie, don't make me read the novel to figure out what the fuck is going on on screen. What, what oh, you I'm put sorry. on screen. Unless, unless I wrote that novelization. Kylo Ren didn't then actually too. burn all those people, then maybe that should have been in the fucking movie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for getting uh, where I was going. Uh, Mike, have you have you followed AEW at all, just in general? I know, like, I've you, tried. Yeah, what what's the I, I attempted what's the to yesterday. I was trying to watch the Wednesday show yesterday. I just mm-hmm. can't. I can't. I can't pay attention. Okay, you can't make me. It's okay. I'm not gonna. I won't. I'm not okay. gonna make you. Okay, so your son has not been watching, so we can't get oh, a favorite he's out. segment. He is out. Yeah. He is out. Aww. Every everything that um. That the crowd was distracting him from in terms of his, yeah. you know, his sense of realism in the product is gone. And all he sees is people waiting to be punched in the face. That's all he <laughs> sees now. Wow. Ugh. Ouch. Yeah. I did. Oh, well. I, I did God, find. Never get it. Uh, and, and it's like that is the, it's weird because it's that generation where it's like wrestling did lose some people when the kayfabe aspect of it went away. I mean, mm-hmm. it came back around. And this is one of those things where it's like, oh, you know. When that one element that, because obviously, like, your kid's fucking smart. Your kid knows that, like, it's kayfabe and what's real and what's not. But there's still that one aspect where it's like you can ignore some of the things that made it a little bit more obvious and a little less, like, waiting to be punched. Um, I wonder if we wind up losing a potential couple of years of people who might have been into wrestling because they're like, oh, oh, no. You know, the other thing about about not having an audience is I think at this point, AEW needed that more. I think that, like, they're trying to show themselves as being, like, a movement or something people can get behind, and they can't when there's no people. Like, when there's people having emotional reactions to characters and storylines in AEW, like, that's when they get over and start to position themselves in, like, even footing with WWE. But without that, it's just, it's real. I think it's going to be difficult for them to get new viewers when... Mm -hmm. You know, there's no people mm-hmm. there. Yeah, maybe this revolution yeah. should not have been televised. Maybe this Yikes. revolution should have like, <laughs> waited a little bit. Well, the, the tough thing becomes, and this is sort of the interesting thing too, is you you get to see. It's all weird with an empty arena, but some matches, and I've been saying this for since since all this shit began, the matches and the people who are really good at what they do, that gets amplified because yep. you don't have a mm-hmm. crowd to cheer on a Hulk Hogan. Who is good at better at working a crowd than he is at working a match, right? Like people with limited move sets who kind of do the same thing, and they feed their main skill. Guys like The Rock are like this too. Their main skill is telling a story for a live audience to feed off of them. A guy like Daniel Bryan can have a good match even when nobody's there because the they're because he knows how to have a good match when nobody's there. Their thing is making you believe it wherever you are. Making you believe it yeah. versus getting you hyped up, I think, I, are two different say... are two different schools. There are people who are who are showing how talented they are, even yeah. without like Britt Baker and well, her video stuff well, is great, yeah. 
MJF is is gold. Chris Jericho all the live long day, yeah. right? I mean, Chris Jericho has taken this time to show us how amazing he is at actually everything apart from being a decent human. But like wrestling wise, it's like, oh, he's been amazing on commentary. He's having great matches. He's putting over Sammy Guevara. He's putting over the women's division on commentary. He's he's doing such good work. Mm-hmm. He really has taken this time and been like, amazing. I'm going to make this well, work for me. And, this and is like, their of- match this week, I did love it. Like I yeah. did love that main event on AEW because it was just a hoot and a lock and full <laughs> shift shenanigans. Uh, like it's it's. Oh great, yeah, yeah, but- yeah. That was amazing. I just think that this is one of those moments where you really see the difference between people who were created in like a in a bubble of like, hey, you're going to you know WWE wrestling school or you're learning this type of wrestling or whatever, and the people who like, look, I was doing this for ten drunks at the tiniest VFW hall you've ever been to and barely making rent. So I know how to make this work when it's limited. And I think that you're seeing a lot of that now. And then obviously like there's a difference between veterans who've been doing it forever and that, but I just, I do think that you start to see a difference between like, I was molded to be the perfect wrestler and like, I slept in my car. Uh, I used to keep bologna in my trunk. Like <laughs> this is. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, since you guys have been watching all the product, is there like a, short or small handful of matches that you guys are like these ones worked even though there was there was an empty arena there's just like just a couple that that you think for sure worked and and, because i would love to like watch those those there are moments and a lot of them are it does come down to like um you know and and it's stuff that i don't know that they can really do now you know when they were having wrestlers be in the audience and kind of jeering and heckling during the shows like those but like i wouldn't even say matches there are episodes that happened mm-hmm. like right at the beginning of this especially for AEW, that worked a treat but i would say like right in the beginning when we were all still optimistic that this was only going to be for like a month AEW, uh, those first like two episodes i would watch all of that because those were really good i think, I think were i great. saw those like one of those is the one where matt hardy showed up and the other one is the one where Brody lee showed up right i feel yeah. like i did see those, those. are two of them yeah. And Mike, right, if yeah. you want a good one, uh, watch uh, Britt Baker's match. What was the one where Jericho was on commentary? Oh, Kenshita? Yeah, that was great. I liked that, especially because Jericho was, particularly because Jericho was on commentary. I think that carried a lot of the water yeah. for it. Yeah. We're going to talk about John Moxley at our main event, but he retained his title over Frankie Kazarian. And then Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara beat Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. A golf cart was involved. It was the best thing in the world. It was so good. It was, it was so good. Pretty great. Closely followed by Sammy's tweet the next day, which said, did anyone wake up this morning feeling like they got run over last night? No, they're pulling a U-turn, and they're chasing down Sammy Guevara. Sammy's running like a scalded dog. Look at him. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Sammy oh my got God. ran over. Oh, my God. And it's like, it's really funny because he did. He did get <laughs> run over. And but it was gonna, great. I- yeah, I'm not going to put it over because I have other stuff I want to put over. But if you can find any of the edits of that, there was one really good Mario Kart edit that is, <laughs> I think everyone here will appreciate. So definitely go check that out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to NXT. The uh, the heart with no all heart, no soul. Johnny Gargano beat Dominic Dijakovic after interference from Candice LeRae. The is he a heel now? Is that why he's got no soul? Yes, yeah, they're both heels. They, they changed his music. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. And her music. Yeah. It's so exciting. They're, they're bad people now. They're a mean couple yeah. now. Well, and I like 
it because it reminds me. I'm kind of into it. Going back to Star Wars, like that moment where Kylo Ren's music becomes like the good version. You know, the da 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 da. You can hear the notes or some of like the musical themes from Rebel Heart, like in that last part. It's really nice. I I love Rebel Heart though. I do work out to Rebel Heart, but I like the new theme. <laughs> the new theme fits. I think if you turn heel, you've got to have a new theme, and so I yeah. think it's a good a good new theme. Yeah. And I like them as a heel couple. I cuz I know we had said like, "Oh, stop tying them together because she's allowed to be her own person." But I actually think it really works because he comes to the ring for her matches. Exactly. And That's why gazes it works. at her adoringly and says announces her and says she's his favorite wrestler and he supports her and then she comes down and supports him and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is actually the healthiest worst relationship on television." <laughs> and I love it. You know who else is a heel? Charlotte is a heel because she cheats to win. That's how she got out of losing her title to Io Shirai. Hit her with a kendo stick. Gave Shirai the DQ win, after which Rhea Ripley returned and chased her out of the ring. So it looks like that feud will continue. But also Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, they're not friends. They're going to do a fight, fight they're and gonna it's going to be great. They're going to do a fight at each other about it. I really enjoyed that whole bit. I Same. loved the Charlotte Io match. I thought Io really pushed her and obviously pushed her to the point where she had to cheat, yeah. yes. which I loved. Yes. And then I super loved Rhea coming to the ring and chasing Charlotte off and then Io shouting in Japanese at Rhea and then Rhea turning around and shouting, be grateful, be grateful. <laughs> and then I loved that they had so many people hold them apart to stop them fighting in the parking lot because it made Io and Rhea look so strong mm-hmm. that they needed like four grown men to hold them apart. Like, oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah. We finally turned a corner on the Charlotte storytelling where I'm back in it. Yay. Yeah, yeah I'm super in it. Also, hey guys, d- stop going to parking lots. <laughs> I know, right? Just I go, know, t- go you to your locker don't... room and get your stuff. Were you just going to get in your car without your stuff? Dumb. Right. Yeah. Just like call an Uber and have them meet you out front where it's well lit in front of the PC. Yes. Stop going to the parking lot. Nothing but bad things happen. Uh, I would feel bad if we only discussed one of the women's matches at NXT. There were two. Chelsea Green <laughs> beat Xia after some interference. I'm waiting for there to be the thing that makes me like Chelsea Green's current character. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't generic hot girl with the manager that does all the talking for her because she's too hot to do her own talking. And it's like, I've, I've seen her be so much more interesting. Yeah. I'm giving it a chance because hopefully they're going somewhere really interesting. It's NXT. And so I give them a lot of leeway when it comes to this stuff that like something interesting is going to happen later. Right mm-hmm. now, it is not doing it for me. I'm going to let it go. But right now, it's not super no. interesting to me. And I think they know because they let her wear a skirt this week. Yeah. Barbie came with a new accessory. So that was, mm. it was Malibu yeah. Stacy came with a hat this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Malibu Stacy did have a hat. So that was nice. And I guess they're going to, maybe Aaliyah's going to join that stable. It yeah. kind of suggested that might happen. And then he'll have two hot girls. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's see where this is going. Mike wanted recommendations for matches to watch. I would recommend Adam Cole's match against Velveteen Dream, the main event for the show for the NXT Championship, in which Adam Cole picked up the win after some hijinks, including that dude who looks like the son of Big Bully Busick, slithering out from under the (laughs) ring to fight off... uh, You mean my new favorite wrestler, Dexter Loomis? Yes, Dexter Loomis. Have you seen this guy? 1980s serial killer yeah. Dexter Loomis. He looks like an extra from Roadhouse, and uh, and he is <laughs> it's like amazing. He keeps saving baby faces 
or interfering on their yeah, behalf. Yeah, his whole gimmick is he's a serial killer. His yeah. name is Dexter Loomis, which is two movie murderers, a TV and a movie murderer combined. Yeah. He has the Patrick Bateman ish thing with the hair and the neatness but then he's wearing murder gloves mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's got like john carpenter murder music gloves. oh by the way rest in peace uh, sue plantation if we're talking oh, about murder shit. gloves uh, rest in peace sue plantation yeah i want to oh, you know don't, what don't start hell i'm glad you brought this that up that could be your new name Hal. i still could have the sue card plantation. that that uh, the little card you would flip over i still have one of those that when you'd show up Aww. and the woman at my local sue plantation which had closed years ago I had to go to another. I, they kept they kept getting further away, but I would go. Uh, there was a woman. She would hand out the trays, and as she handed them out, she would have a little song she would sing, and that song went "Hello, Hello, 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 Hello" to every person who walked in the door. Nobody loved what they do more than she loved what she did. Nobody on this earth. She was so happy. And now that's been taken away from us by this terrible disease. So I guess what I'm saying is put on a fucking mask when you're in public, you assholes. It's not about how you feel. It's about keeping all of us safe. God damn it. That should have been your last commercial. You took yeah, soup plantation from me. I can't have that chicken chunk noodle soup again. I can't take brownies and smash it out of the bowl, put ice cream on it at the end of the meal. I can't go by myself and not feel bad about it. Sorry, Hal. Just have a moment. Now it's gone. Speaking of monsters. Yes. Are we going to talk about Raw? Is that a thing we're going to talk about? Yeah, sure. I did like AJ Styles came back. It was his first appearance since the Boneyard match. Where he's like, yeah, yeah, I lost. But there's no rules in a Boneyard match. What's a Boneyard match? (laughs) He said that? That's great. (laughs) But that's all Raw is now. Seth Seth lost at WrestleMania. And now he's got a title shot. Like, Raw is just like, oh, do you know what? Nothing fucking matters. We all know it. Fuck it. There's a guy fighting a guy because he's wearing his girlfriend's jacket. That's why. That's why he's got a title shot. Don't watch Raw, Mike. Oh, Don't I wasn't it. gonna. I didn't watch Raw <laughs> this week, so gonna. we're together. I had on it that. on while we were doing stuff, and I managed to apparently only see moments that made me furiously angry. So. <laughs> yeah, you got it all. Okay, cool. cool. I'll tell you what. No, that's that's all we're gonna talk about. Raw. Let's take a break. If you have any thoughts on what we've discussed so far, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back to talk about the life and times of Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley up next on Tights and Fights. Hey, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. We took the identifying marks off this podcast. Just tell me your impressions. It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close, but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. And then watch this rocket blast off into space. Oh. And there's the pies we made you. (gasps) Now, let's show you the podcast. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Oh. Oh. Oh my goodness. That was 514 JD Power and Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary. But compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah. 
I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk and Michael Eagle. Yay! Everybody, this week we are going to give one part of wrestling some extra attention. This is the main event. Oh, I miss hearing that. That is some sound surgery right there. (laughs) Yeah, he really is. He's a smooth operator. You know, with so many WWE wrestlers quitting or being fired from the company, we wanted to take a look at one of the biggest names who left and made himself a bigger star, and that is John Moxley. These days, he's known as the AEW World Champion and a prominent performer in New Japan, but in the years prior, he was WWE's Dean Ambrose, who left the company after several years as a multiple-time champion. Because I am the unbeatable champion in this industry. CM Punk is a catchphrase. I'm the best in the world. John Cena has a trophy. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm the WWE champion because this is the championship everybody runs from. If Andre the Giant's ghost isn't in this battle royal tonight, then I ain't losing at SummerSlam. Believe that and believe in the shield. Mike, I feel like you have gone back and forth on Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley the most. Where can you take us through take us through your journey with him? Um, you know, I I was a big fan with him arriving in the Shield. I loved his first solo run with the U.S. title. I really liked the potential of his character a lot. Um, as he's he seemed to fit really well in that group as the chaotic element. And I was always a fan, especially in WWE, of people who had that kind of like vague uh sense of morality, where like you know, good guys with the, with a streak of bad. And I felt like he fit into that really well. And so I was really excited for his prospects as a um, singles wrestler. But, you know, I think from from what I can remember, because mind you, I haven't I haven't watched WWE and it's going on two years now. But what I, what I remember most is when, you know, when he first starts doing a leather jacket thing and, and, and his program with Jericho where he's like, you know, tripping out over Mitch the plant and, you know, it. it it quickly went into the WWE thing where if if somebody's a good guy, they got to be silly. They got to do the, the the Bugs Bunny quips, um, and they're not allowed to have any edge. He really seemed like a character who had a like as a human being, he seems to have a natural edge, and um, it seemed like they didn't really want him to wear that. And when I stepped away from WWE and I would you know read about what happened or see fan reactions, it was a lot of people being really upset at how he was being portrayed as a heel in his program with Seth Rollins. When I heard him on Jericho's podcast talking about his experience of all that, it, it seemed to line up with that, that even he thought that the way he was being portrayed was holding him back. And so I really think he's an awesome testament when you look at what he's done in AEW. He's an awesome testament to exactly what he was referring to, how the writing in WWE is it's, it's not taking into account the particular talents of individual human beings at all. It just tries to paint them in these giant archetypes that it's already created. And um, and with that, it holds, especially somebody like that, like him, it held him back a lot. And and you can see with the reins taken off, 
and he's able to do his own thing, how easily he connects to the crowd. But I think you also have to say in that, that AEW has protected him as a character more than they have anybody as well. Those things go hand in hand. If you look at, say, how they booked um, John Moxley versus how they booked Kenny Omega, for instance, um, they didn't protect Kenny. They seem to want to break Kenny down and, and build him back up. And, and I don't know if all that's been derailed or changed or, or anything. And even the same with Cody, like they, they had, they'd have him lose. Um, but they always kept Moxley strong. And I really think that's helped a lot too. I really think that's nurtured that charisma in him and the fact that everybody like in the crowd, they want to get behind somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've, they've allowed us to be able to do that with him and I think it's put him in a position to really show what he can do, you know, and, and I don't love everything he does on AEW, you know, like I, I think AEW in general can get a little gimmicky, um, but it, you know, it's tough to to write, you know, a live wrestling television show for a couple hours every week. So, you know, I understand it's something that everything's not going to be strong, but he, him to me is a true success story on like somebody who's talented enough when given the tools and, and the proper amount of attention uh, of attention can really shine. Yeah. There's a Bugs Bunny nature to him as a character and they went the wrong way with it in WWE. But even this week after being beaten down by the dark order and Brody Lee issuing the challenge, cause you know, he was like, I'll fight anybody. That's sort of the John Moxley thing. They demand an answer and they put the mic in front of him and on the ground after getting the shit beat out of him, he says, Dude, all you had to do was ask. And then they continue to beat him up, which is such a great it's a good defining characteristic for him is that he he can take an immense amount of punishment and that, that he like that's sort of what he is best at is taking your best shot and then giving you his best shot and never backing down. And it's not forced. It's like it's and he again it was something that he mentioned on the Jericho podcast I fully agree like when it comes from him it's organic it's like an organic thing it isn't you know we're gonna have you come out here with a hot dog truck because and again so many of the things that they do I feel like they're also like you know we talk about this they're chasing ghosts right I think the hot dog truck was supposed to be like oh it kind of reminds you of Stone Cold with the beer truck wait a minute look who's back the lunatic friends the hot dog wagon! Dean Ambrose with a street vendor's card! Is it raining? Is he open for business or what? Open up the umbrella indoors, it's bad luck. Who knows who this nutbag? You know, it kind of reminds you of like this thing and that thing. And it's like, no, like just let him do his own thing in his version of action jeans. Like don't make him try <laughs> to fit into someone else's action jeans because that doesn't work. Those yeah. action jeans are too big to fill. You know? <laughs> <laughs> true. No, I feel like his whole thing is I'm going to laugh at you until I kill you but yeah the problem in WWE was you stopped laughing with him and started laughing at him mm-hmm. and then it just seemed ugly and bitter and I mean I was never a big Ambrose fan while he was on WWE like d- didn't have a problem with him when he came in I was like oh I've heard about this guy from the indies I never saw him on the indies but I'd heard about him mm-hmm. um, I heard him do a interview on cult show a million years ago and i did not like him on that like (laughs) and very like i was the king i was incredible i was the king of the indies that's what everyone called me and then you're like well but you were never like pwg (laughs) champ or any you know it's like you were king of the indies you're a self-proclaimed king of the indies and 
Yeah, that other was people when, get to call you that. Right, exactly. Then I had a personal interaction with him at WrestleMania 30 when I was there for work. For I was writing about it for a magazine and we did not get along. He was not pleasant. And I believe I've shared the notes from that day on this podcast before that I still have in my diary where I described him using an unsavory word that should not be said by ladies. Uh, but no, it was, he was it's fucking okay rude. It. It's okay. Well, it was okay to write that he was a C word. I won't say it again because last time somebody was like, Lindsay. I'm like, I know. I say oh, it all what, the time. Hunt? Come, Yes, that one. <laughs> Come to oh. my house. <laughs> so you'd hear it all the time. Oh, he, was a straight, okay. he was a straight up full shift cunt. He could not have been more of a rude human being to me and my friend who I'm both gonna, journalists. I'm doing the quickest sidebar. You guys, we have to, when it comes to cunt, like we, we got to give extra leeway to fucking Brits. Like, I'm sorry. Like it's a different word. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it truly, but I him in every definition. He was so rude. He was just so rude. But now, yeah, I'm like, okay, so he hated the wacky too. He hated wearing the Bane mask. He hated getting an inoculation too. Like he hated all that stuff. So like if he hated well, it, and I hated it. Maybe I go clean slate with AEW and you know, readdress. Real, real quick, because like speaking of fan reactions, right? Like that inoculation interview was one that I'd heard a lot about because I wasn't watching the product at the time. And um, Julian, you know, sent sent us the link to you know review everything. So that's my first time seeing it was this morning. Sometimes I feel like I need protection from like Ebola or E. coli or. Ebola or whatever it is, diseases you all are carrying. Like this, for dysentery, typhoid, distemper, right? And the next one's rabies, right? This is for rabies and this is gonna punch a bit. Good. Cause I would not go to Houston next week without my rabies shot. This next shot's gonna be your hip. And it was bad, but it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't nearly as bad. I felt like he has enough charisma and it's like he believes in his own character enough where he was trying to make it work. It was just terrible material. Yeah. You know, it was really bad material. It's also, there's a context because, so when that happened, Roman Reigns, Joe had like, just announced his leukemia and he has like stepped away. Oh, this is, this is when he has said the leukemia thing? Is this- Well, no, the, the inoculation thing happened because they were all together and they were like, everyone was a face. And then Roman Reigns left so that he could go start his treatment for leukemia. And then I think a week or two after that is when they turned Dean Ambrose. Mm. And I think all of us- Oh no, Dean uh, Dean turned the night of Roman, uh, okay. of Roman announcing so it. Was- it. Yeah. And then it was, yeah. And so I think it was one of those things where as fans, we were all kind of like, oh man, maybe this storyline is about how like Dean can't handle that this thing is happening to his friend. So he's taking out with his fists and he's becoming bad. And so all of us were kind of like emotionally invested in like, oh man, they might be telling like a real ass fucking story on this. 
And then we get everyone is stupid and smelly and I have to take a vaccine. And so I think that like when you put it in that context, that's why it was so bad because we actually thought that we were getting something with emotional weight that was using wrestling to deal with an actual grown up issue. And like the idea that like, I'm not an emotionally mature enough person to deal with this thing happening to my friend. So I'm just gonna turn into a bad guy because and, and separate myself from everyone because that's how I deal with it. And then instead we got, you guys all smell. <laughs> Watching it in isolation, his charm and his skill and his ability as a performer almost pulls it off. Almost, he got right. close. And yeah. Whereas in context and with everything else, it's like, oh no, this is the worst. Uh, one thing I think AEW has done well, and granted, we have a very small sample size because of the ex- extent to which COVID-19 has sort of fucked up all of wrestling, is Dean Ambrose as a babyface champion. Because that is something that I that I don't think WWE ever got right. Dean Ambrose, to me, was always way better in the chase. So it, you take... Like 2014 through 2015, anytime he wrestled, Seth Rollins was incredible. Like that is mm. probably one of the, the one of the. It should be the signature feud. I think it is the the signature feud for both men. I believe in Seth Rollins. You have to adapt. He is a specialist, a ring general like no other. I am the living, breathing future of the WWE. <laughs> Seth Rollins, my brother. You don't really think this is over, do you? And Ambrose wasted little time going after Rollins. Seth Rollins has never had a better feud, and neither has, neither did Dean Ambrose. He never really clicked with anybody else. Like, he's feuding with Luke Harper over the IC title. He's feuding with AJ Styles, but James Ellsworth is involved the one time that he's, that he's like, world champion. That's something I think WWE does well in generals. They do a good babyface chasing storyline, but mm. it's it's like a a dog that catches a squirrel. I, we had a dog growing up who would chase squirrels, and the one time she caught one, and the squirrel like froze in front of her. All she did was knock it over with her paw. She didn't know like even she was shocked that the squirrel had stopped. It was like I don't know what to do now. I spent all my time just chasing. <laughs> That's the only part I know. So. You know, Dean Ambrose without a belt and in pursuit of one was always more interesting. And that that is a major problem. That's that makes you look at someone and go, well, this is he's maybe not a full character like we thought he was. I think they're handling it really well on AEW so far. Like you say, it's limited time that we've seen him hold it because of what's been going on. This is the first week he's really been back. But I think his attitude of I have it, come get it. Mm-hmm. is is the best attitude like if he's going to be a baby face champion like he's he's just like beat me down kick my ass i'm not going to say no like come come fight me that's what i want it's almost like he wanted to win the belt so that he could fight more people and the fights yeah. would mean more like you know yes. he's he is in essence a hardcore wrestler right like that you feel like that's who he wants to be and some of his early AEW matches were hardcore matches which i i hate hardcore matches but if he is a guy who likes to fight and that is his character, mm-hmm. having the belt can turn you one way or another. You can yes. go in a Becky direction where you're like, this is my belt forever and I'm going to protect it. And then you end up in a slightly awkward position of being like, oh my God, who am I if I lose it? Or it can push you into a, now I want to fight everyone to prove that this is mine. Like, it's almost like he doesn't care about the belt 
as a belt, but as something that will bring him more fights. Like he's like, more fights for me, please come get this belt. It's yeah, a it's red like flag. Bait. He's yeah, he's, he's raising it, it like bait. a red. Yeah, it's a red flag. He's like, come get it because I want to fight you. So Dean Ambrose let his contract expire with WWE and then planned to head to EW, but he made a stop on uh, in New Japan and won the United States Championship. He did, and he wore some very cute little shorts. Yeah, which where's I little, just think his little bike I shorts. think they're wasted. Yeah, I'm like they're just sat at home, not doing anything. I'm just saying, summer's coming. So, <laughs> yeah. just saying. Do you think that John Moxley, because they positioned him as a cornerstone of their brand, do you think he's the kind of guy you can build a roster around? Oh well, they didn't. <laughs> They didn't, but is he that when you're treated that way in AEW, it's like everything's going to sort of happen around you. Do you think he's that kind of guy? Is he like an MVP? If he, uh, in other words, and this is a question for all three of you, if he left AEW tomorrow, would there be a huge hole or would it be like, oh, that's a shame. He was good. I don't know. I guess Ambrose is a top guy, but is he the top guy? Mm hmm. Is he John Cena? Is he Roman Reigns? And I know they're a different company. I know they don't maybe don't want that. But who is their tentpole person who, and this is also something we've talked about, who are the kids tuning in to see every week? And actually all the kids I know that watch wrestling don't watch AEW. It was interesting to me that Mike said his kid doesn't watch it anymore. My friend's kids have spent a lot of this time off watching the network and getting into wrestling. They're five and seven and they suddenly love wrestling and they're all about WWE. And they tried to watch AEW and they were like, no, this is boring. Turn it off. There's no one here. There's no, where's my Rey Mysterio? Where's my like wacky bright colors and jumping around? And where's my Roman Reigns, who is my Superman? And I don't know if AEW has that. You know, my, my kid actually had connected with Darby Allen. And I think uh, he's one of, I think he is a success story in terms of them building somebody up who what mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of at first right. into somebody who I feel like is an important character, not quite a tent pole. I think you're, you're, I agree with you that they don't really have anyone who, if you take them away, the show falls apart. But I do feel like their roster kind of depends on a few people. So, I mean, I would mm-hmm. say Jericho, uh, Moxley, yeah. Cody, and increasingly uh, Darby Allen. I think, I think Moxley has a unique position there in that he's the, like, the only one of really that, that main group who wasn't previously a part of storylines or matches with um, the elites and the bullet club between, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like with new Japan. I know he, you know, mostly he's done some new Japan, but he wasn't wrapped up in those stories. He kind of brings a different kind of credibility in the fact that he was so prominent on WWE for so long. So I, I do think his presence there is kind of important or maybe a little bit more important than it is for some other people there. When you look at, at Moxley to, to wrap this segment up, he's got a very impressive resume. He's a Grand yes. Slam champion in WWE. He is a, a champion in AEW. He's held titles in New Japan in different independent promotions. He was a hardcore smash light bulbs over my balls guy in CZW. And, but when you look at his career... What is his legacy? Because title, a resume and a legacy to me aren't the same thing. If I think of of Shawn Michaels, I think of moments, but I also think of a guy who could have a great match with anybody. When you think about Ric Flair, you think about the ultimate heel. Um, 
what what is his legacy? Does do you think he is one of those guys that that anybody would talk about as the greatest ever in a more common it's space? Or, or who is he? You think it's just the, it's the shield? It's the it's shield. The shield like that is he's gonna be he's going to be known as being part of one of the most successful factions of you know this period of the 2010s. You know one of the most successful factions ever, and I do. And, and that's just me judging where he is right now. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the future or how this is going to morph. But just kind of looking at it as far as a legacy goes, it's always going to come back to the shield, man. To like me, that, that is a legacy. But Ole Anderson was in, uh, was in Four Horsemen. Tell me something about him outside of that. Yeah, I think in wrestling for me, I agree with Danielle. Wrestling-wise, I will always just think of him as part of the shield. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think of John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, the first thing I think about is the Jericho interview. And I think about yeah. him, I mean, back in the day, right? It would have been, he's exposing the business. Um, I've been watching a lot of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like a long time ago, that interview would have been like, I'm still, I'm sure that interview was still very shocking to a lot of people that he was so honest and that he yeah. was so happy to just burn every bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was not afraid to just go in there and shoot and say every single word of exactly how he saw it. That interview was the bridge between Dean Ambrose and John Moxley, where for like one minute we saw Jonathan Good, and then he disappeared back into his new character again. I think he's got this really unique opportunity to like write his own legacy in a way that a lot, like not a lot of other people are going to have this chance. And I think he so greatly benefits from his contract being up exactly when it was. So he was mm. able to go to this new company yep. and start to create a legacy outside of WWE. It seems like that's one of the things that they have, like the WWE has most tightly controlled about its its employees or its independent contractors, especially in the last 15 or 20 years is that they want to write the legacy like they want to write the history and i think that's one of the reasons he had to leave is because he knew that he was never going to be able to do anything that got him from uh being under the shadow of the shield the whole time he was there um so i think now he has an opportunity to create a legacy for himself where his story can be told in a way that doesn't have to stop at you know, the faction he started with. And and I think that's really cool because a lot of, you know, there's been hundreds of, of people, performers who've wrestled for WWE their entire career. And who knows how good they could have been if positioned a yeah. different way or treated with a different mm-hmm. booking attention. So, you know, I think his legacy is still yet to be written. Um, yeah. and, and to me, that's the most exciting part about him and where he is in space time is that like he's got the opportunity to create a legacy now that he didn't have before. Well, if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tights and Fights. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen.
Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kell. And... Michael Eagle. Hell yeah. This week we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. Pre- I was going to say pro wrestling. I like and then I said wrestling. Wrestling. Julian, That's don't funny. edit it out. I, I can't see Julian right now because he's sharing his screen on Zoom, but I can only imagine that his screen is going like this when I said that. Yo, he's shaking so hard. Oh, yeah. he's got to be shaking. So shakes. Oh, yeah, look at it go. Personal look earthquake. Go. What are you, mixing paint on your lap? What's going on there, buddy? Anyway, this is the three count. Oh, it feels like a sweater. Yeah. Having it back just feels like, oh, it's so comfy. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Mike, what do you want to put over? Uh, I don't watch much wrestling these days, but I do still get that that itch to listen to people's shit on the WWE. So one of my <laughs> go-to things is um, it's uh, Brian Alvarez just talking shit on any of the um, Figure Four Wrestling podcasts online. They There's always great uh, audio clips lifted on YouTube of him um, shitting on whatever happened last week or, and, and usually in some sort of actual context of the business, but it's just enough like AEW bias where it feels like I'm talking to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, what do you want to put over? Tux Bells is back, you guys. Tux Bells is back. It is back, back, back. Um, and this week we had some uh, Nikki and Artem fighting and still doing that thing where they're a real couple, of course. Um, you know, <laughs> Nick, Nikki and Artem were fighting. We had all kinds of things. And in this episode, Nikki, he was just about to find out that she was pregnant. And Brie Bella had the best line I've ever heard about Nikki being pregnant. Yeah, what is that? It's a pregnancy test. Nicole, are you serious? Can I see your hateful face real quick? Oh, I'm showing Let's see the hateful face. All I'm saying, if you don't take the pregnancy test, I'm going to start to Google baby names of what I'm going to call your child. I'm not going to adopt your child like I did your dog. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, that's like the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I love when they obviously acknowledge things that have happened before and then that. But just Brie being like, yeah, I'm not taking your baby. Like, you actually have to raise your, I'm not taking your dog. Or I took your dog, you can have your baby. Um, it made me really happy and it was really that, funny. That totally got her back for I wish you died in the womb. Yeah. That like, totally wow. got like, her back. We're one one now. We're one and one, Nikki. Oh, <laughs> Just <laughs> you know. It's weird because that oh, show's not about wrestling bells. anymore. It's fine. It's yeah. so good. Lindsay? I just want to talk about Total Bellas. Um... So what we talked about earlier on AEW, it seems odd that I'm going to put over one of the women of AEW, (laughs) but someone should, because they're not gonna. Um, So I want to put over Brandy's promo that happened immediately before the snake-related, potentially Eden-related, definitely Mm penis-related shenanigans of the uh, Lance Archer, Jake the Snake situation. Before that debacle, or let's call it, or an assault. Let, I don't know, whatever we want to call it. Uh, again, I've been watching a lot of Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> uh, there was an amazing promo. Brandy had a pre-recorded promo that I felt like was the fullest and most successful expression of Brandy Rhodes as a character that I have ever seen. I felt like she leaned in fully to who she is, yeah. was, and could yeah. be. 
Maybe you guys back me into a corner, make me feel real small, scare me. And just as I begin to perfectly personify the damsel in distress, here comes my hero, my husband, running to my rescue and right into your trap. Textbook stuff, really, I mean, in your heyday, that would be perfect, but today, there's a hole in that plot. It's not 1991 anymore, Jake, and I remember what you did, but you're not gonna slap me in my face and have it go unanswered. If you slap me in my face, I'm gonna hit you back. And I wish that it was getting more recognition from the wrestling news community because it isn't. People are just like, Brandy cut a promo and then she came into the match and they rubbed her with a snake. And it's like, but the promo yeah. was so good. The promo was so good. Uh, I, I just loved it so much. I really, really just want to give Brandy props for that because it was amazing. It was perfect. It was a perfect promo. Yeah, I, I don't, I know we all had kind of like criticism of when it seemed like she was putting herself at the top of the women's division, but I, I don't, I like her being on there. I like her talking. I think that she's great. I, you know, it, it's, it's one thing where it's like, I want it to be like a wrestler wrestler, um, but she's great at talking. I want her on the show and I want her yeah. cutting promos. All right. I'm going to put over two things. What? Ooh. One of them uh, standard is MJF's promo for this week. <laughs> Here's a little bit of his pre-recorded promo. I'm noticing a lot of the younger talent in professional wrestling are starting to claim to be the next big thing, even though they're almost 30. But that's cool. Man, that's cool. Wanna know what's really cool though? Just being the big thing. After having only been on national television for five, six months, I'm the guy. And that's just a fact, but nobody seems to want to admit it because they all hate my guts. And then here's a little bit of his live interview. Uh, Tony, it's called social distancing. So how about you practice it? Take a step back, but keep the mic on the money. Keep the mic on the money. You're doing great, buddy. You're doing great. Look, as much fun as I've had watching my so-called peers on my wrestling show trying to get over with their play wrestling. Not, not you, Spears. You're great, man. You're doing great. Anyway, I think we're all really looking forward to seeing a real professional athlete next week. That's right, Tony. You keep that fucking mic on the money. You hear me? Keep that mic on the <laughs> goddamn money. And the other thing I want to put over is Peyton Royce's TikTok, which she makes with her husband, Sean Spears. Uh, and it's really enjoyable. It's delightful to see the two of them together having fun in, in what looks like a very nice home. I just really want to see a tour of where they live. I'd like to see all the homes of wrestlers. That's what I'm saying. Show me your home, <laughs> how you decorated it. They do seem to have a nice home, don't they? A lot of them seem to have that enclosed... I well, they're in Florida. You have to again, you have to enclose dark your side pool. of the ring. They all have the enclosed pool area, you which you really can't say in relation to wrestling. But they have that like greenhouse area with the big white. Yes, uh, that is Florida like, with standard. The white framing around it, yeah. and I'm like, man, I hate Florida, but like maybe you can't have you can't have the pool out in the open because bugs. It keeps all the bugs and alligators. out. And crocodiles. And, yeah, yeah and alligators. And that's true. Yeah. Yes. The dinosaurs that walk amongst us and will <laughs> fuck you up just for the fun of it. That's why I can never go to Florida. That's I hate right. Them. They're bad. There you go. I've never seen them before. I haven't encountered them in any of my times in Florida, but I'm just, I'm like ready for the moment. Did it you not see the episode zigzag. of Total Bellas when no. Kathy, I think it was Kathy and Nikki, were out <laughs> walking a dog? Uh, near John's house and yep. they found one just on the side of the road oh, and they had yeah. to like call alligator control yeah. and they just put duct tape around its mouth yeah. and chuck it in the back of a van yeah. and John was like oh yeah those are the alligators no absolutely we have the alligators in the cigar not. room after we have dinner <laughs> and we they don't speak to the tape women. up the, the alligators mouths 
and then we put our feet on them and rest like they are footstools on the Flintstones. All right, that works, does it. Works for me. We're done. That's it. it. That's enough for this week. What do you want right. more from us? That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. Yeah, I'm being combative. It's been nine years since I've been outside, <laughs> and I'm willing to. I'll be here another ninety years. Quit shaking, Julian. Keep your head <laughs> stable for me. You quit shaking, shaking and vibrating around. You like that bed in National Lampoon's Vacation where they put the quarters in it. Anyway, look. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk, Mike Eagle, and Daniel Radford, along with me, Al Lublin. I'm, you know, I'm out there. Is there more thrilling adventure <laughs> hour coming? Probably. Stay tuned. You can watch all three of the shows we've done and raise money for food banks. In the meantime, uh, we got this still going on. We're doing live uh, streams every once in a while. You should check all that out. I'm a, I'm Hal Lublin everywhere you want to be. Danielle? Um, so the Great Debate finally has an air date. It is going to start on June 18th. Um, uh, we have a lot of special guests. I don't know how many of them I can mention, but a lot of them are going to be people that you know and really enjoy. Um, so yeah, Great Debate starts on Sci-Fi June 18th. Um, go check that out. I, I Hopefully uh, there'll also be some socials and some other stuff. As some of you know, that was my um, content producing, um, so meaning I can like, help craft the script. And all that bunch of stuff that was what I was doing when I was away from screen junkies and I think I also missed some time here for that because I was working real real hard um, and then I had some other duties as well um, so yeah uh, when that happens I will be tweeting about that a lot I'm really excited and as always please watch the honest trailers I love them I love making them and that's it Lindsay I got books um, hey. yeah hey. you can read them um, we just announced and revealed the covers for in case you missed it which is out this summer my new Yay. book um, yeah the American cover and the English cover they're different you guys <laughs> what a world we live in what a world we live in so uh, the cover is up uh, you can pre-order it wherever you pre-order books or you can read some of the ones that are already out from your libraries or from your bookstores support your local indie if you can they need you um, and yeah that's please check out those books I'm at Lindsay Kelk everywhere on the internet because I'm supposed to be writing a book and I'm not, so come chat. Michael Eagle, <laughs> your triumphant return. Haha, -ha, I'm here and I don't do nothing. I uh, can't go outside. So everything uh, that I'm doing is pushing my Patreon mostly, patreon.com slash openmikeeagle, where uh, I put a bunch of stuff, videos, audios, old demos, uh, all sorts of things. And uh, every day on my Instagram live, I do a thing called Quarantine Drive Time Radio that nobody asked for, but it's a radio show whose purpose is to remind people what day of the week it is. It's a very oh. important service. I love that it. Is, actually. It happens at some it random really time, every day, Monday through Friday. Um, yeah, and that's it. I've been there before. Uh, I've seen it, and I, I highly open recommend Open underscore Mike underscore Eagle. There you go. Open underscore Mike underscore Eagle. Check out that drive time radio, quarantine drive time radio. It's so good. I, I love it. Thank you. Folks, our producer shunned his <laughs> our producer shunned life to live on his Animal Crossing island. That's Julian Burrell. I've been to the island. It's very nice. Not in a while. I'll have to see. We haven't been to one another's islands. We got to go check out and see all the changes we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, if you guys, I'm currently working on it a lot, but if you are part of the Tights and Fights Discord, I'm probably going to start inviting people over even as it is in progress. And if you like a certain show about uh, elemental bending that's going to be on Netflix later this month, I think you're going to like what I'm doing on my island. So oh. I hope you guys like it. 
I know he's being cryptic, but it's like, you don't have to be cryptic. I hate myself for understanding everything he said. I I hate myself. I'm like, is it about Tiger King? What? (laughs) (laughs) Senior producer of Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle, who is here with us, is the voice behind our theme music. So, sir, we thank you forever for that. Salute. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible with their recurring monthly contributions. And hey, if you need some clothing, why not get the Tights and Fights official t-shirt from the Max hey. Fund store? It's lovely. I have one and I wear it a lot. It's it's Put very comfortable material. Yeah. <laughs> wear Danielle. Anyway, we'll be back next week for even more. <laughs> you guessed it. wrestling. I fucked myself up on that. That's what happened. <laughs> Oh, Lindsay, when you were when you accidentally called AEW WWE, I thought you were having like a um, like a uh, Animal Farm moment where you look from the pigs to the man to the pigs to the man. And you couldn't tell the difference anymore. That was a beautiful <laughs> literary metaphor, and you were not incorrect. <laughs> MaximumFun.org, comedy and culture, artist owned, audience supported.